Hello and welcome to the Monitor Room at the Christian Geek Central Podcast, a biblical examination and celebration of geekery and geek entertainment, as well as the official podcast of ChristianGeekCentral.com. I'm Peter Franson from Spirit Blade Productions, producing entertainment and resources to hopefully equip, encourage, and inspire Christian geeks like you and me to live increasingly for Christ, experiencing the life-giving freedom and purpose he has made us for. For more info about Spirit Blade Productions, you can check out spiritblade.com. On the show today, reviews of Hotel Artemis, the anime series Violet Evergarden, the kickoff to our annual Summer of Free Celebration, and some important news about major things coming for both Christian Geek Central and Spirit Blade Productions. Lots to talk about. Let's get to it. Hotel Artemis. The synopsis on IMDb, very brief, reads, Set in riot-torn, near-future Los Angeles, Hotel Artemis follows the nurse who runs a secret, members-only emergency room for criminals. And I would add to that that um, uh, there's there's a, a story about a criminal looking to leave behind his life of crime uh, who brings his wounded brother to the hotel for emergency treatment. He's a major character as well, but a, a brewing conflict between the members of the underworld stands in the way of his hopes for a new life. And meanwhile, this nurse, played by Jodie Foster, is in, in charge, and she's haunted by guilt from her past uh, that I won't say anything about that has made her panic-prone uh, and kind of a shut-in at this uh, what is really a hospital that she works at, and her fear of life keeps her from ever stepping outside of that quote-unquote hotel. Uh, both of these characters really have to confront their past over the course of the movie and decide how they're going to move into the future. So that's that's the gist of it. The trailer gave me the impression that this would have more interesting characters than it did to me. In the trailer, the visual design stood out as having lots of character, you know, uh, just the way it looked. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Jodie Foster in the trailers was clearly playing a, a character role instead of the more standard leading lady that I've seen her in in most movies in the past. And Jeff Goldblum is being Jeff Goldblum, but when you cast Jeff Goldblum, you know, it's usually for something kind of quirky and, and uh, offbeat. But the script didn't give me the the quirkiness, the creativity, or the humor that I guess I kind of expected this movie to have. It's largely, I would call it, a crime drama with a light sci-fi setting. It takes place ten years in the future, just enough that you could have, like, um, the kind of, like, sci-fi that you would see in a street-level superhero comic book, you know, where we're, we're not getting cosmic and alien technology, but the technology is just a little bit ahead of where, you know, it is in the real world. There are action beats at the beginning of this movie, and then it ramps up again a lot 
at the end, but most of the movie is, you know, kind of people talking to each other with a few tense moments. Uh, so it's definitely not this action fest uh, by any stretch. Uh, speaking of, about the cast, just briefly, really the only one that I would want to say much about would be Jodie Foster. Uh, she delivered for me in every scene that she was in. Her uh, character has been hardened by life, but also harbors this great vulnerability and so to see her kind of displaying both of those just a great range of emotions and uh i loved watching her and she pulled me into the heart of her character repeatedly and gave me some really nice emotional moments you know where i was caught up and almost started welling up with tears um I wish that this movie would have been an even smaller film, like a short film even, that just focused on her because I found everyone else very forgettable, unfortunately. Speaking briefly about the uh, the visuals, there's not much for me to say about the stunts. I mean, it's standard you know, stunt work. I didn't feel like it was shot in an especially you know uh, creative way or anything. Uh, but the, the set and the costume designs remind me of kind of like that colorful yet worn down look of the, the the hotel that Morpheus was in in the first Matrix movie and they come back to it I guess in the other Matrix movies but you know there there's these there's these greens and these uh dark reds and maybe some blues and stuff so th- there are there it's there're definitely colors but it's all kind of dark there's it's not really bright it's a uh dark kind of lighting to the whole thing um but still but still colorful in its own way and then you know, similar to the Matrix, some of the, the 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 characters had very fancy, stylish wardrobe that was kind of in contrast to the colorful yet very worn down look of the the Artemis Hotel, and uh, and that was very striking to me in the trailer, just the visual look, but the visual look you know felt at odds with the actual feel I got from the story and characters, which I, which I described before. Almost as though, like, the, the visual look was too stylish for what felt like a an uninteresting story to me. Um, as far as, like, themes, you know, is there anything of moral, philosophical, or spiritual significance going on in here that might uh, trigger worthwhile thought or, or conversation? Maybe. Uh, past guilt is a significant theme in this story. The nurse, especially, has been scarred by her feelings of guilt that she is just constantly carrying with her, constantly trying to deal with or suppress. Uh, It's not clear to me exactly how she's endeavoring to kind of compensate for this guilt that she feels, uh, you know, philosophically or psychologically. She is listening to a self-help recording uh, that she carries around with her that has a soothing voice that at one point even affirms the value of forgiveness and suggests that forgiveness can be experienced. I'm paraphrasing there, but it was something along those lines. But the source of that forgiveness is left untouched. We don't have that thing playing long enough to really get an idea of, okay, well, what is the the philosophy being expressed in this recording, you know, regarding how to uh, have some peace in troubling circumstances or in light of, you know, horrible past that uh, that keeps coming to mind, you know, uh, or guilt or whatever, you know. So we don't get, it's. I think it's almost there just to kind of give a layer to her character, maybe for comedic effect, but the philosophy of what, you know, that recording or whatever is not, you know, delved into enough. Um, I see the world generally going one of two directions to try and deal with guilt. The first one would be to uh, lower the bar or normalize the behavior. You know, we say to each other, you know, when someone is having kind of a confessional moment, they're saying, man, 
you know, I did this, or I've been feeling this way or thinking this way, and I shouldn't be. And and what do our friends do? They're quick to do, and you know, we do this too. I've caught myself a number of times doing this, saying, "Oh, that's okay. Everybody does that. Everybody, oh, that's okay." You know, um, but really, it's not. It's not okay. You know, um, and but yet we still try to make it okay. We try to make them feel better by saying it. It's okay. It's not that big a deal. Uh, and of course, it is relative. You know, so I mean, in one sense, you could accurately say it's not that big of a deal. You know, you didn't murder an entire country of people, um, you know, or saying everyone does that, you know, um, or or we might say, you know, there are entire movements based on normalizing behavior where uh, they would say, well, that's not wrong. It's who you are. It's just that's who you are. You shouldn't be ashamed of who you are, you know, um, and the other direction I see people going to try and deal with uh, guilt or shame is that the guilty resolve to forgive themselves, which seems essentially to be to pretend that the guilty themselves have been wronged somehow by their own actions against someone else, and they are therefore able to pardon their own actions committed against someone else. Um, or maybe it does mean something more sensible, but it's not something usually evaluated or spelled out. It's just kind of like this thing. Well, you know, I just had to learn to forgive myself, or you just need to learn to forgive yourself. And and boy, that sounds kind of nice, but what what in the world does that mean? And are are we in a position to do that? Um, if objective moral values and duties don't exist, uh, in other words, you know, we all just kind of decide what our own moral code is, and everyone's moral code is just as valid as anyone else's, you know, that is to say none of them are really valid or binding. So objective is what I'm talking about, you know, real and binding through all of reality. If objective moral values and duties don't exist, then guilt itself is irrational and should just be discarded without going to the trouble of justifying our behavior through normalization or forgiving ourselves. But if objective moral values and duties do exist, as most accept they do, as uh, biblical Christianity certainly affirms, then we're not in a position of objective authority to conveniently lower the moral bar for ourselves and each other or to grant ourselves forgiveness. Instead, we need to figure out, okay, what's the source of those objective moral values and duties, and then we need to seek justification and forgiveness there from the source, if that source is willing to grant it. Um, Even as Christians, we can get caught up in in these two mentalities, as I mentioned earlier. I've seen a Christian publication affirm the value of, quote-unquote, forgiving oneself. Uh, and, And I can understand maybe, you know, if we spell that out, if we say forgiving oneself as a Christian, is equal to recognizing that you are forgiven, well then, I could agree with that. But that's not what that phrase sounds like to me at all. It sounds like you are the one wronged, or you are the one in in a position of authority to forgive yourself. Um, but yeah, so, so that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't work for me. I also hear Christians, uh, console each other's guilt by normalizing it, which I mentioned earlier, you know, and I catch myself doing that, um, now and then, but really as believers in the free, inexhaustible forgiveness and justification provided by Jesus, our approach ought to be to recognize sin, um, to stare it in the face as we see it in ourselves and l- and feel that stabbing wound of, oh man, 
I really screwed up. I'm really a mess. You know, so we we ought to be able be able to recognize sin and shortcoming in its fullness, and then remember, right with that same moment, the tireless forgiveness and the cleared record that we are unendingly given by Jesus. The solution to feelings of guilt and shame is not to compare ourselves favorably to others. Uh, or pretend that we aren't as broken as we are. The solution is to face our sin and brokenness, recognize that we act as as David did, uh, that we wrong God more than we do wrong anyone else, and then trust that through Jesus we really do have this fresh and tireless forgiveness and a clean slate before the ultimate judge of all reality. All right, well, I have no idea what your tastes in movies are, but if I were a time traveler, I'd go back in time and say, Vader, um, skip this one for now. Uh, you know, take a little bit of time off and rest before E3 gets started. Um, Jodie Foster is great in this, so when it is free to watch someday, maybe since you get Prime, any uh, Amazon Prime, you know, catch it when it's there or, you know, some other place that it eventually winds up, um, you know, and maybe put it on at that time just while you're playing a video game or something, and hit pause when Jodie Foster comes on screen because she delivers a great performance you're really going to enjoy and and, uh, get the feels from. Um, But the rest of the time, you can just coast through and play your video game while you're keeping track (laughs) of the story. It's not something that's going to be super uh, engaging for you at all. It's rated R for violence and language throughout some sexual references and brief drug use. I want to remind you guys to go check out the other members of the Christian Geek Central Network, such as the Strangers and Aliens podcast, the the the, 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 the Theology Gaming podcast, the Untold podcast, P-O-S-T-O-S, Helix Reviews, and the Retro Rewind podcast. For more information about the CGC Network, visit ChristianGeekCentral.com. Our friends over at Speculative Faith are lending us another article. This one a little bit unique. It's a review of an anime, uh, Violet Evergarden. Uh, The review is by Audie Thacker, posted on May 23rd, 2018. Thacker writes, A couple of years ago, anime geeks started seeing a trailer for an upcoming series called Violet Evergarden. This trailer was only a half minute long, but it offered enough to catch our interest by hinting at a very moving story with art and animation quality usually reserved for anime movies. More news and a few more trailers slowly came our way until earlier this year the series was released. After years of war, the people of Leidenschaftlich are ready for peace. In this post-war time, many educated young women want to begin work as auto-memory dolls, women who can type and take dictation, even writing personal letters for their clients. Violet Evergarden knows little except war and life in the military. Now she finds her new peaceful life to be difficult and confusing, but instead of retreating from society, she chooses instead to train to work as a doll. As time passes and she meets more and more people, she learns to understand them and the messages they really want to communicate. The series has a very episodic feel, especially in the middle of the season. Most episodes present vignettes of Violet traveling to a certain location so she can type for her company's clients. Her job often involves writing letters, but she's also given other writing assignments, such as when she's hired to help a playwright finish his most recent work. But Violet Evergarden also shares an overall story. 
Much of this involves Violet's desire to understand the last command her former commanding officer, Major Gilbert Bougainvillea, gave her during the war's last battler. I probably butchered that last name. Sorry, guys. After this command, he went missing. Violet was hospitalized and had to be given artificial arms and hands. My summary of the series may have seemed a bit dry, so let's now state this one great truth. If you're the type of person who likes stories that shred your heart into a million sobbing pieces, Violet Evergarden is very much the show you have been waiting for and training for. It's the series you deserve and the one you need right now. No, I'm not exaggerating one bit. Storytellers like to think that our stories can accomplish many things, including being emotionally moving at the right time. This isn't easy to do, though. Getting a reader to care for a character is tricky business. Some stories I've come on seem to act on this assumption. If a character is crying, that means the reader or viewer will find that scene very moving. Maybe I'm rather hard-hearted as a reader or viewer, but I usually don't find that approach very moving. It feels less like the storyteller is inviting me to care for these characters, as if to wring my neck while shouting at me, You will care about this character! Violet Evergarden defies emotional odds by limiting its cast. In many episodes, Violet's employers usually appear for just one episode. Yet each person is the story's main emotional focus. This gives the viewer glimpses of how Violet is affected by other people. Her personality becomes less distant and mechanical. She's better able to feel along with the people around her. Even if you don't enjoy or appreciate the series, it can teach you about emotions and storytelling. Of course, only after you've recovered from the story's emotional devastation. I can't help but consider that many of the anime I watch, including Violet Evergarden, take the concept of sin even more seriously than some churches. When Violet served in the military, she served as a killing machine. She was feared by the enemy and by men on her own side, too. In the series' second half, Violet begins to deal with the actions she did as a soldier, the many lives she'd taken. She considers how those actions have affected her, even in ways she had not previously known. But here the story's main weakness also shows up. Of course, Violet's work as a doll and the letters she's written to help other people will be remembered. However, Violet's work can only give her limited hope. Consider, who has decided how many good works she must do to make up for any bad deed? If Violet writes 100 letters, will that make up for one person she killed as a soldier? Will she need to write fewer letters than that, or most likely must she write many more letters to pay for that one life? And what about all the other people she either killed herself or had a part in killing? For us, even if we could somehow perform enough good deeds to make up for one sin, what about all the sins we commit? What about even the innumerable sins we committed while doing all those good deeds? As the Bible rightly says, even the works we consider righteous deeds are no better than soiled rags. Yes, Violet Evergarden takes sin seriously, but the story can't help not taking sin seriously enough. Perhaps most of all, this story can't answer these questions. If we have sinned, who have we sinned against? Whose laws have we violated? Here, a church that takes sin seriously can also offer real and serious hope. Such a church can point to each of us and say, yes, you have sinned, you have broken God's laws. Then this church can point to the cross and say, here is God's response to your sins, the sacrificial death of his son, Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. 
He gives this forgiveness to those who repent and believe the good news of Christ's death for them. With that in mind, however, I can end with this. Go watch Violet Evergarden. Just be sure to bring whatever you need whenever a story hurts your heart. Tissues, ice cream, etc. Then get double of that when you reach episode 10. Once again, the name of that series, Violet Evergarden. The title of the review by Audie Thacker, Violet Evergarden, Letters of the Woeful Wages of Sin. You can find that article and a ton more great ones over at speculativefaith.com. Data collection complete. Activating Usenet 1.0. This week at spiritblade.com, our big summer sale began... Did that begin this week or last week? I can't even remember my notes. I think it started... Last week, didn't it? Anyway, summer sale going on. It lasts until, I want to say, August 31st. I got to check my notes. Don't hold me to that. But basically, uh, all summer long, the Spirit Blade trilogy, both in the Legacy Edition and the sp- the Special Edition, which it presents the trilogy as a musical, uh, both versions of the entire Spirit Blade trilogy in, uh, are available for 20% off. 20% off all summer long at spiritblade.com. At ChristianGeekCentral.com. The question is still on the table. Should we move our community to Facebook? That's on our forums, specifically at ChristianGeekCentral.com. I'd love to get your two cents on that. Uh, At YouTube.com slash ChristianGeekCentral. Not so much already, but coming up, like, (laughs) just uh, moments practically after uh, this, uh, this will upload. Not really practically the day after. Anyway, my uh, E3 reaction videos will start going up this Saturday, and we'll go throughout all of next week. So, of the day six, seven, eight, nine, the ninth, this Saturday, June 9th. Um, so, I will be, I don't normally post uh, videos over the weekend, but I just break that rule for E3. I'll be posting one video on Saturday and at least one video probably every day after that for the rest of the week, all in reaction to whatever crazy or disappointing or weird or surprising announcements come out of E3, which if you don't know, that's the this big event that they put on every year, lasts about a week long, where all the video game publishers and hardware makers and all that kind of stuff come together and get on, often, uh, get on big stages and do these big presentations and reveal their plans for video game releases and innovations over the course of the next uh, 12 to 18 months. And so it's always a time every year where there's lots of buzz going on about video games. So uh, even if you are just kind of a casual video game player, uh, my guess is that there'll be something that comes out of E3 that uh, you will hear about from someone else or that may interest you. So anyway, I'm going to be giving all my reactions to it so that if you don't want to dive into all that content yourself, you can just get my abbreviated reactions. And of course, if you do like digging in all that stuff yourself, then you will uh, know more than uh, than others what it is that I'm reacting to, and we'll have some uh, extra context for what it is that uh, that I react to. So it's going to be interesting. I I th- I didn't think I was going to get like excited or curious or really fired up or anything about E3 this year. I just have so many games that I'm enjoying right now. I'm like I- I'm good. I don't need any more games. There's nothing. I, I don't need any. More- games. I mean, who needs games, really? But you know what I mean. Uh, Yeah, I didn't think it was going to pull me in, but man, I am really curious about some of the things that might be coming. Anyway, if you want my thoughts uh, from last week 
I shared my, uh, what do you call it, my uh, E3 predictions, which are really my jaded predictions, and then also my unrealistic uh, wish list, my my hopeful, wishful thinking for E3. So you can check that out if you want, and then uh, see if any of my wishes or jaded predictions end up coming true. Uh, and then while you're over there at youtube.com slash Christian Geek Central, if you want to like, share, and subscribe, those are some nice ways to help grow our community. Over at youtube.com slash Spirit Blade Videos, I don't plug this channel near as often. This channel is more about what's going on in the audio production side of what I do, the Spirit Blade Productions side of things. And uh, up there, as well as by now, over at youtube.com slash Christian Geek Central, you should be able to find the video where I share some upcoming news, uh, major news, about uh, where I'm setting the course to go for the future of both Spirit Blade Productions and Christian Geek Central and uh, how you can be involved in that, how I really need you to be involved in that in order for things to continue and to grow and to move forward. So, uh, And the audio version of that same video is included in this episode of the podcast, so you don't need to go over there unless you want to see my lips actually blabbing while the words come out. Um, what else? That's it, except to just mention that the insiders, my Spirit Blade insiders, who are those who are have signed up for $5 a month to uh, support me in my work for Spirit Blade Productions and Christian Geek Central, these guys get an exclusive monthly collection of audio journal entries. It's effectively like a monthly bonus podcast that usually runs between 30 and 60 minutes in length uh, and now has has kind of transitioned over to a video version. So I send out both an audio version and a video version for them that they alone have exclusive access to in which I really share just kind of What's going on? What's it like to try and spin all the different plates that I spin that you guys really don't see me spinning behind the scenes in order to keep things moving forward with the audio production side, with the Spirit Blade Productions, and with all the various content, this podcast, and uh, the, the, all the YouTube content, and you know, uh, trying to keep the f- conversation going on the forums, all the different th- hats that I put on and the plates that I'm spinning. Uh, there's a lot that goes into that, and I share kind of the excitement and also the valleys uh, that are involved in trying to uh, to keep something like that crazy machine going month to month. And uh, boy, in May, I mean, there's no sugarcoating it. May was a tough month. It was a very, uh, very tough month. A really stressful situation in my wife's work caused me to look more seriously than ever at the future of Spirit Blade Productions and Christian Geek Central, and honestly, at the possibility of bringing all of this ministry to a close. Now, that's not where my thoughts ended, but I did arrive at the conclusion that some significant course changes are needed for Spirit Blade Productions and Christian Geek Central to continue moving forward. Uh, and so that's kind of what's been going on behind the scenes leading up to um, what to uh, what I'm sharing in this episode of the podcast about what's coming in the future for Spirit Blade Productions and Christian Geek Central. So all those thoughts as I worked through that in the month of May, the circumstances leading to that, those are the focus of uh, this month's collection of journal entries, which uh, current insiders have already received access to by now, and you can gain access to them if you become a Spirit Blade insider before the end of this month. I don't uh, I don't keep them archived uh, for new insiders to kind of like go, go back to previous Uh, installments of these uh, audio journals and and video journals and stuff. Uh, You got to be on board as they get published in order to get uh, all the uh, behind the scenes dirt and stuff going on. So uh, anyway, you would have now until the end of this month to becoming an an insider in order to really uh, see what has been my processing of, of one of the lowest 
part one of one of the lowest points in uh, my 12 years of of running uh Christian Geek Central and Spirit Blade Productions. So that was uh, interesting and and you know when I as as I'll talk about in my you know my future plans for uh, getting com- the community involved in in what I'm doing, you know for those that choose to get involved uh and open their wallets frankly for me on a monthly basis uh i what naturally comes along with that is just a more raw unfiltered version of me you know because uh i just feel a little bit more safe i feel a little bit more like i can share things without being judged because uh, i know that i'm talking to people who uh are uh, are in a very tangible way uh, more invested in me uh, than the average person that engages with my content, and so um, that's a that's a, a major component of those of those uh, monthly uh, journal entries that go out. And uh, uh, anyway, so if that would interest you to be a part of my journey in that way along with me, um, then uh, you can consider becoming a Spirit Blade Insider. As always, I'm so grateful for the support of all of my Spirit Blade Insiders. Um, they have made it possible for me to continue and stay afloat in what I'm doing over the last year. So um, thank you, Insiders, so much for taking this journey with me. If you'd like to find out more about becoming a Spirit Blade Insider, you can visit our About page over at spiritblade.com, and I'd greatly appreciate your consideration of that. Uh, All right, I think that's all I've got to say on that topic. Moving along. Wait, no, not moving along. (laughs) Okay, right now, I'm going to play the audio content from that video that went up this week at uh, Spirit Blade Videos and Christian Geek Central over on YouTube um, so that you guys can hear, you know, where that uh, dark valley uh, led me to kind of recalibrate things and steer things toward uh, in the future. So uh, here's what's going on. Hey guys, Peter Franson here from Spirit Blade Productions and ChristianGeekCentral.com. I'm actually going to put this video up both on the Christian Geek Christian Geek Central YouTube channel and uh, the Spirit Blade Productions YouTube channel, uh, which is over at Spirit Blade Videos uh, on youtube.com slash Spirit Blade Videos if you want to check out that channel. Um, anyway, I just wanted to give you guys an update that's relevant both to people who follow me for kind of my audio production work and those who are also following me for Christian Geek Central related stuff. And please forgive me, I'm probably going to be doing some reading because there were some key things I really wanted to cover that are really important to get across and I didn't want to miss anything, so I'm going to be doing a little bit of reading um, of some thoughts that I just kind of prepared here. Basically, with this video, I just wanted to let you guys know about a change taking place, uh, basically starting now, on the Christian Geek Central YouTube channel, as well as hint at some things that are uh, are coming up, both with Christian Geek Central and Spirit Blade Productions. I've been running Spirit Blade Productions, the parent and alternate face of Christian Geek Central, for almost 12 years now. It's been a great ministry to give nearly my full time to, but it's never provided any income um, for me and my family. In fact, it's actually required a large uh, continual financial investment from us over the years, which we've been content with to a degree. But we've reached the point now where it would be unreasonable to try and continue without putting the call out for help and looking for sources of financial support in places that we haven't looked up to this point. Now, we do get a little money from the uh, audio dramas that we sell at spiritblade.com, but not near enough to continue funding those projects, things like the Storyteller series uh, and all the other free resources and content that I put out each week and month at Christian Geek Central um, to keep all of that moving forward without interruption, delay, or maybe even cancellation 
we're going to start looking where we can for financial resources. For now, one small avenue for that is the YouTube ad system. With our current subscription and viewing numbers uh, for the uh, Christian Geek Central YouTube channel, that won't bring in much at all for us. But no single source will likely provide what we need. Uh, instead, we're going to be looking for financial uh, input from multiple sources. And YouTube ads will hopefully just be one of many. But I wanted to let you know about that first because that's the one that's going to be showing up first. Uh, the ads shown will not be selected by me, but will be based on just the Google AdSense algorithms. So I want to be clear, I'm not endorsing the products or services that you'll start seeing ads for on the Christian Geek Central YouTube channel. And you can click past them as quickly as you're able with my blessing and understanding and uh, appreciation for your patience and tolerance. Um, the addition of ads also won't influence the kind of content that I create. I've always wanted to see our audience grow. And so I, you know, I, I do try to create content that connects with people as effectively as possible, but I'm not going to start like this mercenary chase after clicks now just because I'm, I'm putting ads on the, on the videos. Uh, I, I've really hesitated to incorporate ads. I've even shared that uh, in the past because of the potential to be uh, misunderstood, to be thought of as greedy. Um, but I mean, I, I can't help what people might think. I, I can only just answer the questions of anyone interested in the truth and, and try to make the most responsible decisions I can for the long-term health of both Christian Geek Central and Spirit Blade Productions. Uh, so if you have any questions or concerns about that news, please don't hesitate to let me know. I totally want to be an open book with you guys. Now, for those wondering about how the Storyteller series is coming along, the great news is that I'm really happy with how that project is shaping up and my progress has been going very well. Uh, uh, so well, in fact, that there's a scenario where I could release the project earlier than I had originally thought. However, uh, the funds I need in order to purchase the musical score that really gives our audio production so much of their polished cinematic feel uh, just isn't there yet. In fact, with my current rate of incoming funds, it may be that the project actually has to be delayed significantly, uh, which is another reason why I'm giving attention to troubleshooting the financial challenges we just need to face up to in order to move forward. Uh, now, on the fun side of tackling those financial challenges is the big sale I'm running right now to help build up our finances a bit. We've got a big summer sale running at spiritblade.com where you can get our entire Spiritblade audio drama trilogy for 20% off all summer long. If you're not familiar with the Spiritblade audio drama trilogy, it's like this crazy, intense, epic adventure in audio drama form that mashes up sci-fi, fantasy, the supernatural, and even a bit of horror and superhero action. There's even a version of the trilogy you can buy that presents the whole thing as a musical, if you're into that kind of thing. So uh, if you're curious, go to spiritblade.com. Taking advantage of that sale would be a great way that you can directly support both Christian Geek Central and Spirit Blade Productions. Both of those entities, again, are two faces basically of the same thing. Uh, they share the same uh, pot of money. They share the same production resources. Uh, and so that would be a great way that you could support both Christian Geek Central and Spirit Blade Productions and also give yourself something exciting to listen to while you're driving around during the summer or, or on the plane during the summer uh, in your vacation travels. Uh, finally, I'm putting together a Patreon 
fundraising page. And I plan to launch that in August. I don't have anything else to say about that right now, except I'm looking to create some fun rewards and uh, incentives, new ways that Christian Geek Central and Spirit Blade Productions supporters can connect with me and the content that I'm creating. If you have any ideas for rewards or incentives, I'd love to hear from you in the comments below or via email. You can reach me at P-A-E-T-E-R at spiritblade.com. Uh, now, if you have no idea what Patreon is, that's okay. Just sit tight for now. I'm going to explain all of that another time. Uh, anyway, that's all on those topics for now. I wanted to just let you guys know where things were at and where I see things going. I am looking forward to what's coming, and I hope that uh, that you are too. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. Rejoice, ye penny-pinching nerds! Rejoice! For this is a season unbound by our bank accounts, unfettered by fees. A legendary age of liberty. This is the Summer of Free! Once again, the Summer of Free is upon us. Uh, I'm approaching the Summer of Free a little bit different this year. I'm going to kick things off today by showcasing a number of resources that you can use uh, to find free geek movies, TV shows, video games, tabletop games. Um, and then across three more installments through the end of July, I'll highlight some specific geek uh, free geek entertainment that I personally find really cool. But front-loading the summer with all of the resource options seemed like the best way to equip you guys uh, to find the entertainment that you're most likely going to enjoy and that will hopefully last you the whole summer long. So uh, starting off in the category of retro games, uh, John Wilkerson recommends archive.org, the internet arcade over at archive.org specifically. Uh, if you just go to archive.org slash details slash internet arcade, there is a whole boatload of games that they are legally preserving here, but you're, you're only, I think they get away with that uh, because you're only able to play them through your browser. You're not actually able to download these. But, uh, but anyway, if you're in the mood to uh, kind of dig into like old arcade games, that uh, that you know really aren't playable much of any other way. Like they've got Tron and the discs of Tron, I mean, like old '80s uh, arcade games. Really, uh, really impressive. Some of the games that they have here. So uh, anyway, if you're just in for in the mood for like a quick little uh, shoot 'em up, you know, or simple classic arcadey fix on a lunch break or something, then uh, archive.org uh, and the Internet Arcade might be a good option for you. And then next up, Adam Collings recommended Sarian.net. That's spelled S-A-R-I-E-N.net. And this is actually an authorized uh, preservation of old Sierra point-and-click adventure games. So if you think of, like, Maniac Mansion... Well, actually, the list here, they've got is King's Quest... Quest for the Crown, King's Quest 2, Romancing the Throne, King's Quest 3, whatever the subtitle is, Police Quest, Space Quest 1 and 2, The Black Cauldron, uh, and uh, let's see, this looks like a bonus feature after that. But anyway, um, so if you're in the mood for some classic point-and-click adventure gaming, then Sarian.net may be a good stop for you. Getting into modern games, though, maybe you're not really into to retro gaming. If you go over to Steam, this may be a little-known fact you go over to Steam, and then you just uh, click on, let's see here, how did I do this before? You just click on the uh, the search icon next to the, the field where you can type in something to search for. Just click on search, 
and then it'll take you to all products. And at that point, you want to go over to this dropdown that allows you to sort. And instead of sorting by relevance, which is the default, you go to sort by lowest price. And they'll reorder all these games, and suddenly they'll show you a bunch of games. Now, um, now most of them are going to say free to play, and that's going to tend to be the types of games that are you know online type games uh, that are going to have microtransactions in them and stuff like that. Uh, and so you know you're going to have to sift sift through the ones that maybe have some kind of mercenary schemes. That's that, that's the downside. But there are also some that are just simply listed as free. And as I've looked through some of these, they, they are less likely to have uh, microtransaction type things going on in them, or at least not, you know, mercenary ones. So uh, anyway, that's there's just a whole bunch of time that you could spend uh, just killing time without spending any money, just just looking through the options over there on uh, on at uh, Steam, store.steampowered.com. Honestly, <laughs> if you just type in Steam to your search, uh, with your search browser, it's, it's, it's going to take you to, to, the, to the Steam website. Uh, let's see here, moving on. RPGmaker.net. This is a place I've gone to, I think, every summer since the beginning of the summer of free. I really like uh, old school, or at least I did in the day. It's in these days that they don't often, don't as often resonate with me, but old school, turn-based, JRPG-style games. Uh, this, this whole website basically has a ton of them that are all user-created. And what you can do when you go to this site is a click on the full games list. There'll be like a games drop down, then you click on full games list, and then you have all these filters on the right side of the screen that you can use to to like filter out. One thing I love about a site like this is that there are ratings provided by the community, so you can actually go to you know there's a scale of one to five, and you can choose the minimum rating. Like I don't want to bother with any games that the, that. that have an average rating of three stars or less, you know, so you can set your minimum rating to be 3.5 or 4 or 4.5 or whatever. And that can really help you just discover what is most likely the cream of the crop, what is most likely the game that that you will enjoy. You can also filter out, exclude any commercial games because there are some games that are available uh, for sale by their creators. So, but you can just leave, you know, exclude those from the search results. And so that's another great place where you can go to just uh, kill some time and discover now and then some really nice little gems. Uh, So that's RPGmaker.net. The next place you might want to go is itch.io, and specifically itch.io slash games slash free and this is just where a lot of uh of indie games go some of sometimes they're demos sometimes they're full games uh this is going to be probably the <laughs> the widest and weirdest variety of uh of resources you, or it, it'll this resource excuse me will have probably the widest and weirdest variety of games that you're likely to find of any of the resources that i give you for uh, finding games um all kinds of uh, weird wild stuff that you can find uh over at itch io and again slash games slash free moving on this one i featured last year but it's worth mentioning again and that's the blizzard arcade starcraft 2 has a starter edition that you can download for free over at uh, well if, if you just go if you just do a search for starcraft 2 starter edition or starcraft arcade it'll take you to a page where you can get the starter edition for free and it has all of the assets built into it that are needed to play 
and create a ton of different uh, like RTS games and role playing games. I mean, it doesn't. It's not just because it's an engine for an RTS game doesn't mean that creation of games through it is limited to RTS. There are a number of just straight up. Uh, role-playing games that uh, that users have made and if you want to like find some of the best of those that are available you can do you, you can get all kinds of cool results by like you know top 10 um blizzard arcade games you know and or top 10 blizzard you know Ar- blizzard arcade rpg games or whatever there's uh it's been active enough for uh long enough that you can really find some some nice lists or at least some starting points of games that look really nice. I mean, these are like, it's built in a modern gaming engine. Um, and again, you can get the community to do the work for you in sifting out the uh, the crap and finding really the best of the best that has come out of the StarCraft II Starter Edition and been put up on the uh, Blizzard Arcade. Uh, it's worth mentioning, if you wanted to go into it purely for the creative aspect, you do need to buy the full version of StarCraft II in order to upload your created game uh, to the Blizzard Arcade. So, But if you're just looking to enjoy the creations of others, you can have full access to their creations just by downloading the free StarCraft II Starter Edition. Um, moving along... PC Gamer Magazine recently published their list of best free PC games in, in 2018. And, and in the print version of the magazine, it's actually the 50 best free PC games of, of 2018. So it's it's a beefy list. And you don't need to have a subscription to the, mag- to the magazine. You can just go to pcgamer.com slash the-50-best-free-pc-games backslash <laughs> uh, or i'm sure you could just through a search find you know pc gamer best free pc games and you ought to be able to find that article which is again titled the best free pc games in 2018 and that's 50 games that uh, that you can check out that uh, they say are highly worth checking out yourself i've already looked through some of them you know it's, it's a wide variety i mean there's a plenty in that list that are not my kind of game um so maybe you know that's all the more reason that there that your type of game is represented in this list so anyway that's a pcgamer.com all right so now getting out of video games and moving to the tabletop if you're looking to you know have like a a fresh board game experience but you don't want to pump out the money for it uh, you might be able to get a fresh experience using the board games that you already have this is a cool thing that you can discover for yourself by going over to boardgamegeek.com and typing in the search field the name of a game that you already own Uh, I typed in as an example here Battleship this is like yeah that Battleship the classic Battleship Uh, and once you get to the page for uh, the game, you look at the, there's all kinds of subcategories, overview, ratings, forums, click on forums, and then there's a little list that, uh, a little vertical list, and click on variants, forums, and then variants, once you found your game at boardgamegeek.com, and you, there's often a, a number of variants that people have created to spice up the game, to do things a little bit different. Uh, there's a solitaire variant here for Battleship. There's a Battleship Search and Destroy variant. There's a variant that makes it faster, more fun, and tactical. There's a variant called Battleship Armada. That sounds interesting. Um, so anyway, you'd be surprised what you can find that will spice up a game that you already have that uh, can bring some new life to it to uh, make it worth putting back on the table. Uh, the other tabletop option that I would want to recommend, and this is more on the paper and pencil RPG side of things, is drivethroughrpg.com, and that's through spelled T-H-R-U, drive, T-H-R-U, RPG.com. And this is going to be a, a, a place that is going to have a ton of PDF 
uh, purchasable game resources. But if you just scroll down and keep your eye on the left of the page, you'll see a box that says price. Uh, underneath that, it'll, there's a, the option to pay what you want or free, and then they give you a couple of fields you can fill in. Just click on that free option, or you could go back and try pay what you want as well. Um, if you you know have one two bucks, but this is the summer of free, so let's focus on free. And then you get, <clears throat> excuse me, a boatload of results that you can further uh, look for ways to kind of filter to find exactly what you're looking for. But there is a t- there are complete RPG rule systems, and so you know one way to save money would be to say to your you know RPG group, hey. Uh, before you know, we go and start into the next campaign that I'm gonna you know purchase or whatever the next uh, the next supplement or whatever that I'm gonna buy. How about we try one of these games, find one that looks really cool that we all agree on, and learn it. Spend the summer learning this game. Um, there are some really solid rule systems here that are offered for free, especially some of those that are based on uh, the kind of like. Uh, it's not public domain or open source. I can't. There's a name for it. Uh, the open license, I think, of the uh, D&D rules has really allowed for a lot of cool uh, fantasy rule systems and RPG systems to be created uh, completely, you know, license, you know, with with this open license, so that a lot of creators don't feel like they really need to charge for every version of the game they put out there, and so they're able to put out, you know, this the, the base version of a game for free, and then maybe charge for you know supplemental adventures or whatever, you know. But there's just all kinds of stuff that you can find again over at drivethroughrpg.com just scroll down on the left and click on free Uh, moving along now what if you want to watch some movies some geeky movies or tv shows or anime uh now i'm not a, a, a real big anime fan but youtube user on the way over uh, was catching up on last year's summer free content back in uh, January, just this last January, and left a comment and wrote, I'm getting to the summer of free in January. Space Brothers uh, is a near-future sci-fi about two brothers who dreamt of becoming astronauts since they were kids. One followed his dream, and the other tries to as well, after getting fired from his previous job as an auto designer. The show's a bit realistic, but it's very funny and inspirational, and it includes a lot of great facts about the space programs in Japan and the U.S. Happy New Year! Uh, So thanks On The Way Over for that recommendation. You can find that and a bunch of other stuff, a bunch of other anime options over at Crunchyroll.com. Again, this is another site that I've come back to, I think, year after year to to, to find some stuff that that you might be able to uh, enjoy. Even if you're not an anime fan, last, I think it was just last summer, I put up a list of uh, uh, anime options or something like that that anime haters should try. Uh, So anyway, if you want to uh, get, if if you're already an anime fan, you know about Crunchyroll.com, you know, chances are good. But if you, you know, are curious about anime, but you don't really want to invest money in it to try it out, Crunchyroll.com, great uh, website to go to. Uh, All right, so now moving on to like the movies and TV side of things. Uh, let's see, voodoo.com, V-U-D-U.com is a good place to go. Once you get there, since there is a bunch of stuff there you can rent uh, to watch, click on Movies on Us. Movies on Us is at the top of the screen there. You click on that, and then they give you a ton of, of free movie options, and even like you can go to subcategories of like horror and sci-fi and stuff like that. And uh, already I found some some ones there that kind of jumped out to me. Gremlins. Uh, D- the Doctor Strange animated movie. If you liked the Benedict Cumberbatch movie and you and uh, want some more Doctor Strange, then uh, you know that could be a cool fix for you. Uh, the one that really stands out 
to me that's available to watch at voodoo.com is Big Fish. This is a Tim Burton movie. I think Ewan McGregor's in it, and uh, the I think maybe also the dude who played Dr. Manhattan. I can't remember his name now. But anyway, this is a really great fantasy drama is the best way can i can describe it it's a nice like father-son story if like me you know you uh your heartstrings get tugged a bit when it comes to father-son related drama uh and it's got all kinds of you know weird visuals and stuff it's basically uh, about this father and son adult son and his you know aging father who have never really had a good relationship because the father is always kind of like telling tall tales and is never willing to be pinned down and fess up. Okay, yeah, I exaggerated that a little bit. You know, he just tells all these tall tales of adventures he went on in his life and they're way too crazy to be believed, but he never gives in and is willing to say, yes, yes, okay, I'm exaggerating. Now he's like, no, this is how it happened, you know. And so as he's telling these stories, we get to see these quote-unquote flashbacks of these things that happened and it plays out in like technicolor with all kinds of special effects and crazy visuals and stuff like that so it's uh, it's a really cool uh, visual experience and a nice fantasy experience and a really nice father-son drama as well so anyway you can watch that for free over at voodoo.com I wasn't going to get into specific recommendations yet but <laughs> anyway that jumped out to me uh, let's see also a brief mention to crackle.com uh, which I think now is maybe it's been bought by Sony since the last time I was here now I guess the address is sonycrackle.com but uh, anyway there's a bunch of different uh, movie options you can find over there um francisco ruiz of the retro rewind podcast recently recommended shoutfactorytv.com shoutfactorytv.com where you can find movies and tv and and some original content as well the one that probably has been most impressive to me as i kind of started looking for resources for entertainment this year is tubitv.com that's t-u-b-i tv.com now for some reason when i play content in this and you do have to register with your uh, email but it's it's not invasive at all i mean they, they don't spam you with emails and stuff it's just a basic email sign up and then you're good to go um for some reason, <laughs> this site thinks I speak Spanish as my first language, so it serves up ads to me in Spanish, <laughs> which I'm fine with, makes them easier to ignore. But aside from that, I've really been impressed with this site. They've got uh, the movie Centurion, which has Michael Fassbender uh, of Magneto fame, uh, and that is a movie that like he did right before he really became a big name right when he was on the cusp of like hitting it big and it's a really cool it's not it's not a fantasy movie but because of the time period and because of some of like the warfare tactics of like these giant flaming balls of oil and stuff it scratches some of those nerdy geek itches even not being a fantasy movie um so anyway if you haven't seen centurion uh i i really enjoyed that one and that's available at 2btv.com they've got the merlin uh tv series there they've got i was even thinking of buying uh, the the like some cheap DVD sets if I could find them to introduce the series to my sons, but they've got the entire Transformers Gen- Generation One TV series, which I've already started introducing to my boys and, and enjoying with them a little bit. They've got the entire Bleach. 
Uh, well, I th- you know what? I'm not sure. I haven't verified they have the entire Bleach animated series, I, anime series. I think they do. But uh, anyway, that that one's been recommended to me again and again uh, over the years. And so uh, I might want to check that one out. It's got Cube, which is one of my favorite sci-fi horror movies. And it also has Cube sequels, which are okay. But that first one, hoo hoo, yeah. And it's got Jeepers Creepers, which is one of my favorite monster horror movies of all time. It's got Fire in the Sky, which if you haven't seen it, is a like a sci-fi drama about a man dealing with uh, the th- uh, being abducted uh, and returning from that experience. Uh, abducted by aliens, of course. And uh, let's see here. Oh, and although it's not complete by any stretch, it's got a ton of episodes of the old uh, MST3K series, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Plenty to make it a weekly event that would last you throughout the entire summer to watch a new episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000, you know, once every weekend. That that actually has, like, some summer connotation for me. I remember when I was in college, uh, I was staying up late, especially during the summers, and after my parents had gone to bed, you know, and my older sister had moved away, my younger sister and I would uh, end up staying up really late and just watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 together until one or both of us got, you know, too tired and was ready to go to bed, you know, so uh, I already have like some nice summer vibes associated with Mystery Science Theater 3000, so I can totally see myself digging into that again this summer and doing it for free over at TUBITV.com. All right, those are all of my recommendations for now for resources that will hopefully get you started into some free geek entertainment that will last you the whole summer long. Uh, as I said, in future installments, I'll uh, be sharing some of my, some of my own uh, recommendations, but uh, those are all of my thoughts for now. Feedback! Feedback! Give me your thoughts on this podcast, Christian Geek Central, the YouTube channel, or anything else we're doing. What should, what should, what should we keep? What should we change? Or what's on your mind you'd like a potentially uninformed opinion on? Peter, we want you to, like, actually deliver a polished podcast where you don't stumble over your words. <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet, but if, if you feel passionately about that, I want to know. Uh, I want to make this show and all of Christian Geek Central as fun, as useful as we can, uh, but, but we've got to hear from you to do that. You can send an email or an audio file recorded on your phone to P-A-E-T-E-R at spiritblade.com. All right, guys. Well, before we wrap up here, um, let me just pray briefly for us. It's just been... Um, I, I don't know what to make of this, but it's it's been interesting how there have been several people in our community, and now I can add uh, my wife Holly and I to the mix in that, um, who've just been uh, in a bad spot to one degree or another when it comes to um, their work and uh, work situations. And so I just want to take a minute to kind of pray in in line with some of those um, felt needs that are being experienced right now by, uh, uh, by folks in our community. God, um, we're just, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Um, There are those of us who are just dealing with really difficult situations in our work. And they are robbing us of sleep. They are keeping us in a state of constant tension around those we care about. They are completely occupying our minds and tainting everything that we do. Um, They're crippling us, these situations. And we just, we need rescue. We need just a moment to breathe, some of us. 
so that we can think clearly. We need wisdom to know what, what can we do, what part can we play. And at the same time, we know that ultimately um, there's nothing that, that happens that you don't allow. And we know that you can bring about change in uh, both our circumstances and in, in our feelings about our circumstances. You can make us impervious to our circumstances, and you can change our circumstances. We pray for rescue in either of those forms. Make us stronger or change and rescue us from our, from our situations. We need something, God. We need something. We're just in trouble. And so we recognize that you are the one that can help. We need wisdom. We need a change in circumstances. We need something maybe that we don't even know what it is, but you know. You know what we need, God. And so we just acknowledge you as being great and good despite our circumstances. We recognize that you are good, that that's the truth. No matter what we feel, you are good. We know that you hate to see us suffer. Uh, We know that you hate that and that you don't want suffering for us. And so we pray that uh, if there's another way, we pray like Jesus did. Father, if there's, if there's another way for you to bring about your will and glorify yourself, we pray some form of rescue in the midst of our situations. And um, help us to look for you for some hope in that. Because a lot of us aren't seeing it right now. So we're looking to you. Amen. All right, guys. Um, as a reminder, if, uh, if you're praying a prayer like that and you feel like you are alone, like there's no one else that, that understands you, um, I want to invite you to get connected to other believers that are in your area, specifically to um, a local church that is prioritizing the right things, that's prioritizing the Word of God, which when prioritized truly, naturally leads to loving others, and increasingly loving others well. Um, If you would like some help finding a church like that in your area, then I want to help you if I'm able. Uh, Online resources like this one, communities like Christian Geek Central, those can be good supplements. But by nature, they cannot speak to your particular situation. They cannot reach you where you are at like relationships in a local church can. Um, I just started meeting with uh, kind of like what I guess what I would call a discipleship buddy. I've, been, I've had a mentor for a number of years, uh, a man that uh, is actually on the elder board at our church, and I've known him uh, for a long time. Um, and... And I asked him years ago, not long after the, the launch of Spirit Blade Productions, you know, in fact, I just commented, I just told him uh, a few weeks ago, I was like, I texted him, I said, Dave, I just realized we've been meeting together for over 10 years now. Thank you so much um, for all the time you've given me. It's been such a blessing. And uh, it's been a blessing to him as well, he told me. And um, it's this podcast, my ministry has benefited so much. I've personally benefited so much from having a mentor. And now I'm benefiting even more. As of uh, sometime this last fall, I started meeting with a guy who uh, is it's, it's a different type of relationship, not a mentor-mentee relationship, but an iron sharpens iron type of scenario um, where uh, we're more equally yoked 
And so we are uh, walking alongside and, and blessing each other, encouraging each other, challenging each other, you know. And uh, so we get together once a week and uh, just talk about life and where we're at and how we're processing all that. And then we pray for each other, you know. And uh, And these are relationships that didn't just like just appear out of the blue they happened because i met these people in my local church um and that is the context the local church is the context for almost everything in in the new testament the new the new testament assumes that we are serving and building purposeful relationships in a local church so whether you are in a church that just kind of lacks bible-based intentionality or you're not attending any church at all if I can help you get connected to an authentic, Bible-oriented church, I want to do that. Um, you can email me, excuse me, at uh, p-a-e-t-e-r at spiritblade.com, and we can at least try to look at some websites of churches uh, in your area together. All right, man, um, I cannot believe E3, as I'm recording this, is just a few days away. When this podcast goes up, it'll just be one day away. It's going to be a crazy long week for me, lots of long days of work and I'll be working starting on Saturday through the uh, weekend. I'm actually going to try and take some time off Thursday before E3 gets started. Um, But I mean, I don't want to like, you know, moan about, oh, it's so sad that I'm going to be working through the weekend and all these extra hours and stuff when I'm basically just celebrating video games all week. Uh, It is intense work and that I'm taking lots of notes. I mean, I have to be really focused and undistracted, you know, as I'm taking all this content and, and uh, whittling down what I'm going to talk about and react to and stuff like that and and uh, looking for ways to uh, uh, to bring a, a thoughtful biblical worldview into the context of all that, you know. So it's there's definitely work involved, but it's also a, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, so it's, it's just kind of like spending, um, it's kind of like spending eight days uh, at a theme park as if you only have one day there each day, you know, <laughs> like when you, if you've ever been like part of a cheap family vacation, like I was growing up where you like, okay, we, we got one day here, kids. We got to hit everything. Go, 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 go. <laughs> it's like having that kind of a, you know, obviously not, you know, the physical endurance, you know, isn't, isn't a thing, but uh, it's like having, in some ways it's kind of like having that kind of a vacation experience for eight days straight. You just go, go, go experience. Look, see all (laughs) and then you get back to the hotel really late and you're out and then you got to get up early the next morning and get to it all again and it's exhausting it's fun it's all kinds of craziness uh but anyway my videos are going to start going up on pretty much a daily basis it might even be at some point more than one video each day we'll see but that's going to start again this uh this saturday so i'd love it if you would uh uh, check out those videos and uh, and see my reactions and, and maybe even leave a comment or something like that with your reactions as well. Uh, I, I want to thank speculativefaith.com and Audie Thacker for the article that they shared with us uh, on this episode. Stay tuned for DS9 Shwarma after the credits or jump back to episode 400 if you want to start from the beginning. As a reminder, you can find episodes 0 through 500 of this podcast archived as the Spirit Blade Underground Podcast at spiritblade.com. Next week, if God allows it, you guessed it. I will be talking a ton about E3, the future of video games and why I'm excited or disappointed about the things we learn.
learn about the future of video games. Till then, please consider supporting the work of Christian Geek Central and Spirit Blade Productions by purchasing an audio drama with that big sale we've got going on, leaving a donation on our about page at spiritblade.com, or while you're there, becoming a Spirit Blade insider. You can get more information, again, from our about page at spiritblade.com. Thank you guys so much for making time for this show. I hope you have a great week, and that you'll join me next time here on the Christian Geek Central podcast as we continue to geek out and seek the truth. The Christian Geek Central Podcast is a community-supported endeavor of Spirit Blade Productions. This podcast is produced by Peter Fremson with support from the Christian Geek Central community at ChristianGeekCentral.com. For information about the latest entertainment and resources from Spirit Blade Productions, visit SpiritBlade.com. Thank you for listening. Wormhole. The Dominion has endured for 2,000 years and will continue to endure long after the Federation has crumbled into dust. No! Five years ago, no one had ever heard of Bejor or Deep Space Nine, and now all our hopes rest here. Holy crap, was this a good episode. Or a good pair of episodes, I should say. Yeah, this is another one full of wham moments. Yeah, this is like, this is one of the most important two-parter, this whole thing was one of the most important storylines in the entire, well, not just the entire series, frankly, I'd say one of the most important things in all Star Trek, really. Um, there are several Deep Space Nine plot lines that, are, that have led up to this moment. Um, Dukat's storyline with this private world with the Klingons, Garrick and his past with the spies, the the Romulan and Cardassian fleet attack on the Dominion homeworld, um, you know, lots of other things too, uh, just all um, sorts of stuff. The changeling infiltration plots that you had in Homefront. Yeah, um, the Klingon war with the Federation. All these things have like they they've been woven so well. This is like such a good if you it's like a masterful tapestry. Yeah, if you like good plot weaving, where it's like the storyline here, something becomes important here. This is a great example. Unfortunately, I can't tell you too much about it without spoiling it for you. Um, so I think what I'll do is we'll just say really quick, if you haven't seen this, well, you can't start with seeing this, but this is one of the things that makes it worth watching. Um, so definitely check out the more essential episodes as I've talked about. Um, so we're going to give you Don't a Don't skip this one. Yeah, we're going to give you to the count of five, then we're going to start giving spoilers. So, if you don't want spoilers, just say, check this two-parter out once you've seen the, the important episodes beforehand. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, now let's talk about what really happens in this. Uh, we begin when they, they got some sort of a Cardassian message from the Gamma Quadrant, and it turns out, secretly, it was, uh, do you remember Navrantain, Garrick's old boss from the... Um, Obsidian Thank Order. you, Obsidian Order. And that he was on that fleet that attacked the Dominion homeworld. He's still alive. He and some prisoners. And so Garrick and Worf go into the Gamma Quadrant to try to find out if they can rescue them. And to find out if there are other survivors too. And they get captured and they take into the prison. And they're in this Dominion prison camp. Yep, they're in a Dominion prison camp. And when camp. they are brought there, they discover... Not only General Martok, General Martok, the real one, he's still alive. He's a Dominion prisoner, 
with the there's a changeling impersonating him that was running around for a while, if you recall. And one of the coolest things, uh, just an awesome moment, is they say they're bringing in our last guy. He, you know, he's been he's been in uh, solitary for the last couple of weeks. Oh, and who is this guy? Doctor Bashir. And the door opens, and I remember the first time that I saw this episode, I thought to myself, "Wait, he he stowed away on the runabout, or he followed them from the Alpha Quadrant?" Oh. oh. He's been oh, here. Crap. And who, oh. that means who's the Bashir who's on the station for the last several weeks? Exactly. And I was like, oh. And lo and behold, there's Changeling Bashir acting all changelingy, and we don't know in Showtime how many of the previous episodes uh, featured him. Because yeah, real Bashir does tell the guys. He says, oh, this is when they took me. Is when I was at this medical conference, but it's never referred to in story before yeah. so we don't know exactly where Yeah, because it's not it's not like there's a straight timeline and it, the question is except for for the uniform which barely involved Dr. Bashir at all um, the last episode to feature him at all was the begotten where he was helping to deliver the baby so was that the changeling helping to deliver the baby because that means that the changeling was there while the changeling baby was there so I don't know I, I doubt that they intended something like that He's just he's been Dr. Bashir for a while now. And part of me kinda of wishes they had like thought even further ahead and actually planted some suspicious hints in advance, but still, that's an awesome moment when that happens. Um, I'm hoping by now the only people listening are people who've already seen the show or have decided that they're okay with spoilers and would Pretty just want to hear what happens. All of our main characters who are in the prison camp get some awesome moments. Yep. In, including Martok, the the, yeah, the new secondary Martok, guest guy. Including Garrick. Oh, Garrick has a great storyline. Garrick is badass because there there's a storyline where uh, Martok has had the crud beat out of him by Jem Dar. Because one of the things they like to do is to haul out their Klingon prisoners and beat on them both for it's sport a, sort and for a fight, but also as military exercise. Yeah, you, you learn how Klingons gonna, fight hand to hand. They're gonna be going to war against Klingons, so it's it's training for the young Jemadar. Well, they've beaten the crud from Martok. Now they start beating the crud from Worf, and you know, every day he has to go into this ring and take on opponent after opponent after opponent. Oh, a super trained genetic super soldier who are born to kill. Yeah. And the first guy that, that you know, he beats up, you can see that it's a struggle for him and he's like, Is that the best you could do? And they're like Oh, yeah, that was uh, Kyle the Weenie. Yeah, that was our little brother. Yeah, that was that was the toddler. Yeah, let's get you uh, an actual warrior yeah. in here. By their so, ages, he might very well have been a toddler. Yeah, because they do They, they age within a few days. But So you got that storyline, and there's about the great escape and all that. And there's some more moments. We just don't want to bog down too much in that. But there's some great character stuff with Garrick and Worf. And by the end, because the whole theme of this episode is mutual admiration between, if not enemies, at least rivals. And when you see at the very beginning, when Garrick and Worf are flying off in the runabout to go to... Garrick's getting under Worf's skin. Yeah, he's getting under Worf's skin. Worf has no respect for him, rolls his eyes, says that he is without honor, that he is a liar and full of crud. Which he's right about the lying part, at least. Yeah, and at the end, there's this wonderful reversal of that scene... Where they get back on the runabout to make the escape, and Worf tells him, "Well done," and obviously regards him now as a man to be respected. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's a beautiful parallelism to the, those scenes. And if that doesn't sound too big, there's another plot. 
and that is the macro plot. <clears throat> oh yeah, because while we're all languishing in a prison camp, the army is coming to invade the Alpha yeah, Quadrant. The, the, they find out the Dominion are hiding, like a massive fleet is hiding not far from the wormhole, and they manage to warn them in time. And they try to seal up the wormhole so no one can come through it. Their last ditch, yeah, that's, that's you know, our, cave in, cave in the mine entrance. Our kind desperate of final plan. But because of the se- because Doctor Bashir, the changeling saboteur, he makes it so that can never happen again. They basically out techno babble the Federation, which is a scary thought if you're yeah. the Federation. Truth it's all we've got, man. <laughs> they can use our gobbledygook against us. No, but. What, this is what I love about Star Trek is like all the, the power plays and the manipulation and all these things. So remember Dukat and his private war with the Klingons. The, the first episode ends when, uh, despite all their attempts, boiling through like a plague of locusts. Remember that locust thing from Rapture that he was predicting? They come boiling through this like giant flood of ships. And then they all start going over to Cardassia. This is like, they change course. They don't attack the few ships they have there. And then Dukat goes off, and they say, Dukat, stop. What are you doing? And he goes, Don't oh, be a hero, man. Yeah, I'm not going to fight them. I'm going to join them. And he says, I've been secretly negotiating for several weeks now, and Cardassia has now joined the Dominion. So everyone's jaw and is that, just on, their, yeah, ch- on that, their chest. That feeling you felt of your stomach doing a backflip? Yeah. Because, I mean, that's just like, it's again, it's like, where's, where's that rug? It was just here. And so now... Now the Dominion actually has a foothold in the Alpha Quadrant. They don't. It's not just like poking their way through the bottleneck hole. They where, have a staging area on this side of the wormhole. Yeah, and they have a giant fleet just to start with, and they'll keep building more and everything. Um, they have an official ally among them, and it's just like this. This is where the tide turns. Now instead of there's an enemy out there, it's an enemy right over in here, and they're building. And you know they didn't come over here just to hang out. They're preparing for war. It's inevitable. They're not on Cardassia to tour and take selfies. And and Dukat, just when he thought Dukat was becoming a good guy, nope, he is a villain. Let us remember that he's always been a villain. He is a villain. He, he is a villain who pretended to be the Fed, Federation's ally and then just turned right around on them and who left his daughter on DS9 knowing that it was a target for yes. termination. And they, they, the Dominion has this very clever ploy that they, they barely get out of that would have just wiped out all their enemies in one fell swoop. And they get out of that, but it still shows how dangerous they are. And all they did was they stopped the little the trick. They did not stop the Dominion. The Dominion is landed. And it's just, it's really good. We're hitting on the main points just because, mostly for those who aren't going to follow along, so you'll know what's happening because... Everything changes from this point out. Now it's all about the war with the Dominion. Even before the war actually starts, it's about the countdown to the war. It's it's gotten real. And it's you know it's I I, I can't do enough justice talking about the bit points because it's so it's well acted, it's well written, it's well paced. Um, that's why I, I I really hope that anyone who is who wanted to see it turned off and didn't get these spoilers beforehand because that. You lose so much. It would it'd be like going into Empire Strikes Back knowing that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Sorry if I spoiled that one for you. Um, there's not much more I can say about this, because otherwise we'd just be repeating things. Other than freaking see it! Oh, and we and we end the, the fighting between the Federation and Klingons. They're, they're allies again. And I love this part where, out of nowhere, Romulans show up. And it feels like something out of Lord of the Rings, where it's like armies from all, all, the, all the good guys it's, are joining yeah, up together. Yeah, it's like Helm's Deep. 
It's like, oh, here comes another group you've and another. You've got this tiny little force, and you're like, we're not going to make it. Then you add another tiny little force, and then another tiny little force. And Soon you have a pretty good force. Where you're sure you're going to win, but there's just a little more hope in your heart. You know? And I love that line of Cisco's right at the end where he says, Armageddon's going to have to wait for another day. And believe me, that Armageddon is coming. They're not going to do the typical Star Trek thing of no fighting so we never go to war. Just no war today. Because there is going to be war and it's going to be epic. But for now, Armageddon's going to have to wait. So we'll see you next time for a deep dark secret of a character who was just recently a changeling. We'll see you then.